Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast for the Manchester Review News. I'm Rich Fay. I'm delighted to be joined by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello. And by Kieran Kelly. Hello, Rich. You two have been on your travels this week. The Solskjaer Revolution took you up north to Newcastle, a often tricky away day and bad memories of last time out there. But Solskjaer has rectified those and another comfortable win and another encouraging display overall from United. Certainly after he brought Lukaku and Sanchez on, it was, um, I think, for 45 minutes an hour, it was it was quite worryingly reminiscent of Louis van Gaal in that they had an obscene amount of possession but didn't seem to do a lot with it. Uh, I think that was chiefly down to uh, Lingard being dropped. I didn't really agree with that move. Juan uh, Matt is a, a better footballer, but I think the way Lingard supplements that attack, he, he may have six out of ten performances, but he really does make that new, intense, free-flowing, uh, very quick attack uh, work work. Could, Works so well. Whereas United, I think without him, were a bit too rigid, a bit too fixed. Uh, as soon as Solskjaer went for it, and they they didn't take long. I mean, he was he was conversing with Carrick in front of us. They they didn't take long at all to to make up their minds that both were going to come on rather than just one of them. And he's got the Midas touch at the moment. Uh, Solskjaer, that is not Lukaku, but <laughs> it's it's still it's still very. <sighs> Alarming, encouraging that even players like Lukaku, who were having a really, really tough time of it, um, suddenly they you know, he's he scored two goals, two two goals off the bench as well. You know, there, there's that element of it. But I think Solskjaer called it a professional performance, and you'd probably say, I think what was po- perhaps most pleasing from his perspective would have been that after United scored. There was never any danger of them really losing that lead, whereas previously, um, under under Mourinho, certainly a one goal lead was never a secure lead. Yeah, I guess that's sort of the biggest compliment under Solskjaer, isn't it, Kieran? That the the fact that the game like Newcastle away it was sort of quite uneventful when you look back on it at the end yeah. of the season you won't be worrying too much about it's just oh, three points away at Newcastle, and it is that sort of effect that Solskjaer's made that these games, as we said earlier, ones that you'd worry about under maybe Mourinho have just turned into maybe run-of-the-mill wins. There, were, there was a worrying time during the game where you, you sensed that United got off the hook for Atsu and a lot of opportunities mm. for Newcastle, but at the end, Solskjaer has made it comfortable. Yeah, I think that's, the, as you said, the biggest compliment. Um, I know a lot of people have said it's it's been an easy run, and I think on paper, you know, you'd agree with that, but pff, uh, we, we have a roll call of the games. They drop points <laughs> in in, in in games, yeah, you know, you your Southampton, West Ham, Brighton, uh, you know, 2018, that, that was the main downfall for Mourinho in terms of game situations. Um, just time and time again, being more concerned with what the opposition will bring than what United can inflict. Solskjaer's flipped that mentality on its head and it's been about how United can, um, can hurt the opposition rather than, oh, we... You know, that's not to say he's not listening to what his analysts are telling him. He's a manager, of course, but um, I think the fans have really welcomed that. And whatever happens in the next five months, I think his legacy is already there for, um, you know, 
getting the team playing like a United team should again. Um, you know, getting through these games now comfortably. Um, and that that's a really good building block already after two and a half weeks. It's the emphasis now is just keeping out that momentum going because um, going toe to toe with Spurs at Wembley that that's obviously his biggest test yet uh, next week. Yeah, I was going to mention that to you, Samuel. Uh, as Kieran said, you've got that sort of unity and the, the feel good factor back at United, and obviously you can't blame Solskjaer for having an easy run of games you can't affect that but again with Spurs it's going to be really interesting to see just how they go into those sort of games because they're the ones that will really define if United can get top four or not how are you feeling I know it's quite a while away but going into that Spurs game are you, do you, are you confident this new look United this more attacking offensive style of play will work in these sort of games or I mean the irony of that is that the last time they they played at Tottenham in, in the league uh it was a very gung-ho yeah, really uh, set-up well. for Mourinho. They had Lingard, Sanchez, Marshall, Lukaku, Matic and Pogba in the front six. The problem was Tottenham scored after 11 seconds and it, it was an incredibly one-sided uh, contest. So I think the balance is a lot better now with Solskjaer. Uh, I think Mourinho at times, he tried to, to be more attack-minded and it just didn't really it didn't really suit him and he was doing it in certain occasions where uh, it, it just seems a little bit naive certainly that game last season I think Matic was carrying an injury at the time so Tottenham were pretty much against one and a half midfielders the one being Paul Pogba in the midfield too which obviously is you know the doomsday scenario back then for United uh, fans whereas now I think what would be interesting going into it is that most people expect Tottenham to win and, and understandably so I think Solskjaer would absolutely abhor that thought process because this this is a player who I know it was twenty odd years ago, but he rejected Tottenham because he clearly thought they were beneath him. He rather would have stayed at Manchester United. Uh, he did that. So even though we're looking at the current situation, I think that historical thing will inform uh, his thinking, his thought process, what he tells the players. Uh, Alex Ferguson's most famous team talk probably was lads it's Tottenham uh, it has a different meaning these days because they are an excellent side they, they are a better side legitimately than United and there's so much uh, so much about them in recent years that I've, I've admired that I thought you know United really need to be using that to to enhance their own side but it's going to be very interesting to see how United fare uh, against you know certainly the, the best side that Solskjaer would have come up against and given how they struggled against well in the first half against Tottenham early in the season they were pretty good but very easily capitulated they capitulated there last year in the league so it's it's going to be pretty fascinating yeah one player is going to hold the key to get a result where I suppose you feel is Marcus Rashford Kieran again against Newcastle he showed just how far he's come under uh, Solskjaer he was good up throughout all of December it's worth noting yeah of course he's yeah. been nominated for the Premier League Player of the Month it's worth noting that Popper wasn't nominated for that particular award and Rashford's been more consistent throughout the month but his finish particularly as well against Newcastle he looked calm composed from goal transformed player and yeah again it's just evidence of the social effect that's really inspired Rashford to take his game to a, the level that we were all, all hoping for when he broke onto the scene really yeah I think it's an important point to make that he was playing well in Mourinho's final games he was one of the few really what to, to really put his hand up and um, I think big difference already in two and a half weeks you've seen um, you know Mourinho felt finishing wasn't something that could be kind of taught or worked on 
Solskjaer comes from a different school, having, you know, previously worked as a forwards coach with United's players, you know, when he was he was somehow going to teach Tevez, Rooney and Ronaldo how to finish better. Um, so he's obviously taken Rashford under his wing and you can see the immediate impact. Um, I think we're, we're used to Rashford being wild in front of goal, not really consistently delivering as a nine um, with United, but I think he has been, he's been brilliant in those four games and there've been different finishes. The Newcastle one was, was really impressive. It looked easy, but he didn't panic. And it, as you said, it was, it was a pass rather than a wild shot. And, I think that's the first big example for me where you can see exactly what Solskjaer has got in his ear and said, you know, I've looked at this, I've looked at that, you should be doing this, doing that in that situation. And Rashford being the humble guy he is when it comes to learning and and developing has taken that on board. And um, I think Lukaku has a real job to get his place back because um, while he's been brilliant as a a super sub, you're seeing uh, how balanced and fluid the front line looks when they're rotating when they're when they're on the break and I think um, it's really Rashford's place to lose as, as a number nine at the moment and that's the biggest compliment you can give him as Kieran says like the it, you know, the coaching cachet Solskjaer has is pretty unique for someone mm. whose pedigree up until recently only extended to Norway and that he did coach uh, Tevez Ronaldo very briefly uh, he played with Van Nistelrooy played with Kansnar for a lad like Rashford who's a boyhood United fan and come through the academy mm. he's he's bound to learn from someone who not only finished as well as Solskjaer did but also played with such brilliant strikers as well mm. yeah and I guess it, although all the touches been on Rashford it is uh, impossible to neglect the uh, the impact that Lukaku and Sancho did have of the bench when got a goal and got an assist um, okay you can get carried away when you win like that but it's it, Encouraging for United fans, maybe worrying that they weren't producing that under Mourinho, but encouraging to see the immediate impact Solskjaer's had on the pair. Uh, what do you think the f- immediate future holds for them at United, Sanchez and Lukaku? Starts against Reading, uh, as, as Solskjaer said, which wasn't a, a surprise at all, obviously. Uh, I mean, the, the Sanchez Rocky montage the other week was was beyond parody, really. I mean, it's 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 like a meme. Like Mourinho's there, he goes, he's he's in Chile. Uh, Solskjaer comes in. He's back on back, you know, on a plane straight away. Um, I mean, he did look very eager when he came on. It was interesting, though. I mean, I think one of the warnings uh, Arsenal fans gave United fans was that he can be very wasteful in possession. We have seen that an awful lot from Sanchez, and there were times during the Newcastle game where. I think Phelan or Solskjaer, or in fact, maybe both were actually thinking, oh, he's overhit a pass when they were on the counter-attack. So they could have scored more goals. Uh, but he, again, a little bit like Lukaku, the, the two like marquee signings of last season, they've both got big jobs on to, to get back into the side because although Marshall was, was certainly tepid against Newcastle, you'd argue that he's been United's best player this season. Um Mourinho tried Sanchez on the right. I don't think Sanchez would like to play on the right, no. but in this you know, fluid front three where they're moving all over the place, maybe he could be accommodated there. But and and particularly given that that Solskjaer wants Lingard wants Matter to move in field and get the fullbacks to to overlap, which is possible if you don't play Antonio Valencia. If you do play him, as we saw the other night, it's it's pretty difficult. Uh, so I think there's there's going to be there are going to be chances for Sanchez in, in this team and certainly towards the end of the time of Mourinho he was getting the odd stint uh, in the central forwards role and 
I thought you showed some promise there, but of course, Rashford at the moment is completely undroppable. Yeah, I'm personally, it'd be really interesting to see how Sanchez's his finishing can come along under Solskjaer as well. Maybe as a central player, could get even better and get to the sort of form he's at at Arsenal. Uh, Kieran, we saw some vintage Phil Jones as well against Newcastle. <laughs> he played quite well. Him and Lindelof as a pair looked solid at times. There's still some shaky moments. What, what have you made of United's defence in general under Solskjaer? Yeah, it was funny after the game, uh, Herrera gave an interview with the reporters and was just saying how De Gea had just been killing his mind about getting that clean sheet and you know it's remarkable that was only United's sixth clean sheet all season it doesn't surprise him one way but when you see him black and white that's staggering really um, and two of those were against young boys exactly right? yeah who uh, you know pushed them close in one of those so I think with um, with Jones and Lindelof um, for me Lindelof's been one of those top three players who's just come on under Solskjaer already um, he's played him uh, in his natural position on the right side at centre half, it's not something we focus on a lot, you know, where centre backs play, but that's made a big difference for him. He's encouraged him to bring the ball out. I think we we wondered under Mourinho was was Lindelof maybe a bit shy, um, but I think that was by instruction that you're not to bring the ball out too far. And Solskjaer is kind of um, for a lot of those games, he's he said, you know, just just to bring it out, and uh, it's given United another dimension, hasn't it? The long balls, the that, that build up from the back that Mourinho felt they didn't really have so um, I think when you have a stabiliser in there which Jones can be on his day um, that's been massive particularly when Smallin's been injured because Smallin to be fair to him has probably been uh, you know one of the first names on the team sheet up until that injury because you were thinking when Bay and Lindelof had played together on Mourinho it was a shaky um, and it's probably been a credit to to um, Jones that they haven't missed Small at all I think a lot of people have almost forgot he plays for United because he just hasn't been in the picture the past two and a half weeks because of injuries so um, I think yeah that like um, with the front three suddenly the back the back three with Shaw uh, Lindelof and Jones you can't see how he'll uh, change that all that much coming up it's only really been at right back he's kind of moved things around you've had uh, Young play two games, Delo play a game, and Valencia play a game. So I think that's been the only position at the back that he's changed things up um, because Mourinho, game by game, was picking a, a different defence. Uh, Solcher has been very quick to kind of nail that down by bringing, you know, by in or, or the odd right back in. I think yeah. one of the um, interesting things we've seen during the warm ups that under when Mourinho was manager I think it was McKenna who was throwing the ball up in the air for the defenders literally just to head it away which seems like a very basic exercise but under Solskjaer I think it was at Cardiff we noticed the ball was going up and they were heading it down for a teammate to their side and I think Lindelof did it during the game uh, the other night i.e. rather than just punting it away retain possession and go on from there and Solskjaer mentioned it at Cardiff as well so the fact that you know I know there is a clash of styles there anyway but the fact that it's actually coming off as well is is particularly encouraging and they are they're not necessarily I wouldn't say they're playing it out of the back in in, in the classic sense that maybe City or Liverpool do Um, but the fact that suddenly these defenders have got this newfound confidence not just to defend well but actually distribute well uh, reflects particularly well on Solskjaer yeah I think that's been a core attribute in them just looking more confident sort of rigid as a whole team once you've got that confidence at the back it's obviously going to move forward and give everyone that 
sort of added confidence, especially mm. in midfield. I think it's really freed them up. I think that's why Matic as well has looked oh, a bit more sure. calm yeah. and better off the ball. Um, you've already alluded to Samuel uh, Lukaku and Sacha set to start against Reading. Kieran, what other sort of selection decisions do you think will be made in the FA Cup game on Saturday? I think he'll be desperate to win the cup as a whole because it's the most realistic chance of, of a trophy. Um, obviously, his last game for United turned out to be an FA Cup final defeat uh, against Chelsea. So I'm sure that's in, that pain is still there for him. Um, I think he'll, he'll treat Redden with huge respect. I know they're, they're five points from safety in the championship, but I could see him... Um, Although making changes, playing seasoned internationals, so your Darmians, your McTominays, your Pereiras, um, guys like that who you know haven't really uh, got too many minutes, but you know are, are obviously enough to get the job done. Um, I, I think all the fans are, are maybe most excited about seeing what the bench is going to throw up. You know, will we see one, two, maybe even three kids on there, and all going well the second half, you might see one or two debuts, which would be fantastic. Uh, we, we've seen you know Garner and Chong travel with the squad for away games albeit not make the bench but I think that's a real chance for them to to get a look in and uh, you know that'll be fantastic if, if for them to win and for those guys to get on it would be a brilliant experience for them yeah I guess lots of people on Twitter are just imagining it's going to be Greenwood up front Chong on the right <laughs> and stuff like that but Sam it's going to be as Kieran said it's going to be the fringe players people like Fred as well maybe can get an opportunity and yeah I mean Solskjaer, I think he started in the Burton game in 2006, which this was when Burton were non-league uh, and United drew 0-0 and I think the first 20 minutes of the game, Burton had two efforts cleared off the line. United were actually lucky to get a draw in it and it was that classic Ferguson complacency of just you know, Tom Bowler selection, <laughs> Phil Bardsley played, Richie Jones played... Um, Tim Howard came back in, uh, I think Rossi and PK mm. played and he had to send on Ronaldo and Rooney to try and salvage the game and, and they didn't and Burton got their replay. So I think Solskjaer will be quite mindful of that, that you don't want to go down the route of wholesale changes and you know giving the kids a, a go uh, because it can easily backfire as it did that that day. I'd imagine Fred will will get a run out. I mean, amid all the positivity, he's the only one who somehow not managed to um, to regain form under Solskjaer. I thought he started relatively well against Huddersfield, but uh, he's he's had a very patchy six months, and you still wonder whether United made a mistake there. And I don't think many people's perception of of him is going to be changed if he does play well against Reading because. As, as, as was said, they are uh, they are second from bottom in the championship. Yeah, it's almost lose lose for him going into that. Yeah, game. Yeah, unfortunately for him, but at least he might get a game. I suppose. Yeah, I guess they've got that positive. Uh, I guess the, there's a wider uh, topic on discussion now as well for United fans. The giant transfer window is opened. Uh, I guess again the same fans who are expecting Teeth Chong and Green to start tomorrow might be expecting a horde of new players to arrive as well. Uh, Kieran. Uh, what do you expect from United in the giant transfer window? We've always alluded to in the past about maybe players being offloaded is the more important thing in the long mm. term for United this month. Especially with the change of manager, any transfer would have to be in mind of whoever is in place in the summer. Yeah, I'd be, I've always said I'd be surprised if they did business. Uh, even before Solskjaer was appointed, I would have been surprised. You know, they're, uh, United and Mourinho weren't big fans of January um, only if the right opportunity comes along it's been the constant line so um, given the, the change and everything I, I would be surprised I think partly why he's 
maybe bringing the kids into the wider fold a bit more is that these are guys who can keep the first team on their toes and that they know there's someone behind me who, who wants my place and who Solskjaer trusts enough to bring into the fold. So I think, you know, I just can't see, as as we said, the the centre-back's the big, the big talking point all the time. But if they're reluctant to pay £75 million in the summer and every club in the world knows United are still really keen on a centre-back, given the inflation in the market since then, they're going to have to pay a lot more than that. I just can't see a world-class centre-back being available in January who they would fit their, their price bracket. I think they are going to wait till the summer um, to make any real meaningful additions. Yeah, I guess, Samuel, in the long term, that's what United need. They can't just buy for buying sake, can they? It's got to be the right player. Maybe. No. The, Sometimes in the past, teams are guilty of just buying for the sake of it. Yeah. Uh, Sanchez last season, uh, I suppose, although... Uh, Everyone at the time thought that was you know, a worthwhile buy. Well, not everyone, but the majority, I'd say, anyway. Um, I mean, the thought of getting Kaldu Koulibaly obviously appeals to, to most people, but just just his, his contract until 2023 at Napoli, I think Napoli would be mad to not want more, not want at least £100 million yeah. for a, a player like that. You just factor everything into it, age, length of contract. United's desperation for a defender it's such an easy uh, an easy asking price I think with the old of old thing that's obviously just called purely because of the change of manager I think if Mourinho was still in I think they'd have had a big decision to make there but obviously isn't uh, the fact that Solskjaer is even uh, nixing loan moves for, for certain youngsters to keep them uh, at the club so that with the intention of given them more exposure in the first team is interesting as well and probably hints at it being a relatively quiet month. I think Nicky Butt said that there would be some loan moves but it's going to be, with all due respect to them, the inconsequential players of the team. I think you wrote about Regan Paul being open to one which is completely understandable given that he was on loan at Northampton last season and at his age, uh, he has stagnated at a reserve team level, whereas some of the others haven't been playing uh, under-23 football very long at all. And the fact that I think Solskjaer so far it is Garner, Chong, Gomez, they've all been uh, in, in travelling squads or in first-team training. You'd be surprised if Chong, Garner and, and Greenwood don't make their debuts between now and the end of the season. Yeah, they've got a good opportunity, as we said on Saturday, yeah. against Reading potentially. And Kieran, I guess, finally, as you mentioned before, winning the FA Cup would maybe be the ultimate and realistic dream for Solskjaer this season. Um, he started so well that maybe his expectations are going to be raised by some supporters about what they initially expected from him. But I guess the final question is, what do you think would constitute as a successful season for Solskjaer? Oof. I think, think in some ways he's surprised a few people already. I don't think anyone... Uh, saw him making such an immediate impact and you think of everything uh, the results, the style uh, development of the youngsters, everything the club said was the reason they sacked Mourinho, he's, he's already done, I think what will be really interesting will be when they have a setback uh, if they were to lose to Tottenham 2-0 how they bounce back from that, I think he'll learn a lot from his team uh, in that and every game he's learned a lot about them uh, the Newcastle first half, first time they went to half time, not ahead and have not scored and they found an answer there and um, I think you know a, a successful season for them I think the fact they're they're back in contention for the top four I mean if they could somehow get in to the top four given that they're 11 points off after that Liverpool game that's 
remarkable. They won the FA Cup. That would be an amazing achievement as well, I think. Um, Champions League. <laughs> I still think PSG would probably have a bit too much. Um, but I think he's just he's 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 brought that hope and, and optimism again and I think that that's already such an achievement. But I think on paper if if, if they were able to push the top four to to the final weeks and were to win the FA Cup, I think that's a really good job done. Yeah, to even be just in a discussion to be yeah. in the top four right now is it immediate. Do you agree with that Samuel that yeah. you've got to make maybe for United fans well maybe to not expect uh, that they are going to get top four because they've still got a huge task ahead. I mean, they've nearly halved the gap from when he first came yeah. in within four games, which is is really good going. Uh, the fixtures have been inviting, but I think the manner of the results and uh, the performances is still, by managerial bounce terms, pretty unique going. Um, I mean... We were talking about this earlier today, and you know, when obviously there's going to there are going to be bumps uh, to come, but you can't imagine him. Say they lose while playing this way, you can't imagine him then going into lockdown mode. And we live in this age where people, certain supporters, certain uh, narrow-minded journalists, even uh, not on the Manchester patch, yeah. think that. Uh, playing good football, happy-go-lucky, happy-clappy football is the be-all and end-all. Where your players have yeah, and and look, I know this is I'm going to get onto Pochettino <laughs> here now anyway, um, but Pochettino is clearly a coach who wants more than that, and Tottenham fans should want more than that. I mean, some people have tried to dismiss Tottenham's last trophy, which was obviously the 2008 League Cup, uh, because it was won by Juan de Ramos, who lasted less than a year in charge and nobody's doubting that he was a pretty useless Tottenham manager but Tottenham still won a trophy by battering Arsenal 5-1 in the semi-final beating Chelsea in the final I mean Tottenham fans are going to lap that up so the trophy count trophies matter most he's got the chance with the FA Cup he's got the uh, well, I think by the time you know, people listen to this maybe they've gone out to Reading yeah. but it, it is an easy opening draw um, I mean even if if, even if they weren't to get top four, but say they like miss out on a point by playing like this between now and the end of the season, I think he's going to be seriously considering the conversation because if the players are all on side and enjoying themselves, he's identified the weaknesses in the squad that need addressing um, and he's obviously settled into the role and he's got that relationship with the players. You can't discount him. But the flip side of it is that it would still feel like a sympathy vote and even if you were to get top four, I think there's that argument that United shouldn't be operating by this Arsenal apathy of that Champions League football will just do. Um, that's how Wenger got away with it for so long until the Champions League football ended at Arsenal. Um, I mean, the irony, I guess, is that that's Pochettino, in a way, does stand out as a bit of a glazer stooge of a coach in that... He gets your top four. He gets your Champions League football. Um, pretty much a surefire guarantee for Champions League football. He doesn't win anything. United, certainly since Ferguson retired, have operated on this cash over cup mm. strategy uh, under Ed Woodward and, and the Glazers where they've not had Ferguson. But the reassurance there is that Solskjaer is a very ambitious coach and, he know, and he's experienced United at their absolute zenith and he's not going to want anything short of that. And also Pochettino is very ambitious and 
you know is, is pretty fed up of not winning things at Tottenham as well. So uh, I'd still be I'd be somewhat amazed. I mean, a lot can change, but I'd be amazed if it's not one of those two come the end of the season. There are other coaches that have cropped up in conversations. Laurent Blanc is one who uh, was certainly considered for for the caretaker role. Um, you know, I mean, he may come back into the conversation for the end of the season, but he's not going to inspire and stir United supporters the way Solskjaer is at the moment or the way Pochettino would either. No, not at all. And it's just here and now. No decision will be made until the end of the season anyway for United. So they've got to accept what they've got. And I'm sure they're excited with the prospect of Solskjaer. Who knows, the mood could be different this time tomorrow after they play Reading in the FA Cup. We shall wait and see. Kieran Kelly, thank you very much. Thank for you. Samuel as well, thank you. We survived thank this you. one. My cold's held up just enough and we'll be back again next week to evaluate hopefully not an FA Cup shock and we will look ahead to that big game against Tottenham as well. Thank you very much for joining us. Please subscribe to the Manchester Red Podcast and leave a review if you haven't already.